Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Truck Tech. This is Alan Adler, the Midwest Bureau Chief, coming to you with a blank wall behind me, but definitely from Las Vegas, where we are attending the Manifest Supply Chain Conference. The good news about this is that we have quite a show for you today. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about a brand new reveal. It is not a production truck, but it is the Super Truck 2 from Freightliner and Dymore Truck North America. We'll have more on that coming up in just a moment. We'll talk about that truck, which literally the cover was just pulled about uh, about three hours ago here in Las Vegas. Um, we'll have uh, some details on that from uh, from Daimler, as well as uh, some of our observations from that truck. Then we'll move the, the show over to autonomy, another one of our favorite topics. And we will have Sam Saad from Gaddick, as well as Mike Placentia from Rider System to talk about Rider's work with Gaddick, as well as Rider's work with some other autonomous Class 8 truck companies that uh, that they've been partnering with to learn and, and, and sort of get into this. So we'll talk but with both of those guys in just a few moments. First up, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Freightliner uh, Super Truck 2. And here we go. All right. Good job, guys. We are going to get a look. You can see that is not any normal uh, wrap on that truck out there. We're going to have an opportunity to, to learn a little bit about what's going on. So, so what happened here with this truck is that it's a $40 million project. It was originally done with the Department of Energy. Each side put up $20 bucks, And it is the result of five years of work under this DOE cost-sharing agreement uh, from 2017. So the Freightliner Cascade that you see there uh, is, is way more than the cool wrap that the designers chose. It, originally, that's just a silver-painted truck and really wouldn't be much to look at because some of the changes, albeit very, very good for aerodynamics, are pretty subtle um, if you just think about it. So, so the idea was they wanted to do a little something to dress it up, and, and that's what they came up with. So the, the the money that the DOE and Daimler spent could have gone for just a design exercise and, you know, no real meaningful technology. Uh, some other super truck participants go the kind of the outlandish route, but unlikely to bring anything to production uh, that looks like it. Um, so those trucks, they look good, but they don't do much to advance the product that's on the road. As John O'Leary, the CEO of uh, Daimler Truck, told us yesterday here in Vegas, he said, uh, Daimler Truck doesn't do science projects. Although there could be some science involved here, uh, Daimler approached Supertruck 2 with an eye toward what technologies they could bring forward into the next generation Cascadia. That date is to be determined, but if you wanted to guess, five years might be a, a, pretty, good, uh, a pretty good estimate. Um, that's based on the Super Truck 1 program. That was an $80 million cost-sharing project that ran from 2010 to 2015. It yielded technologies that became part of the new Cascadia that was introduced for 2020. One example from that, the windshield from the Super Truck 1 is used on every Cascadia made today. And aerodynamics from that first Super Truck became a part of an optional fuel savings package, packages that are offered on the, uh, the current truck. So we'll watch for the same thing to happen now with Super Truck 2, which is a research vehicle. Uh, it really did surpass expectations in aerodynamics, 
tires, powertrain, and energy management, and it doubled uh, doubled the freight efficiency of a base vehicle or of the base vehicle on which this has all started was a 2009 Cascadia uh, that goes back to the original super truck program. By the way, there is a super truck three coming. Uh, uh, Daimler will be participating in that and they'll be working on a fuel cell powered uh, uh, super truck that should be out around 2027. So for this truck, chief designer Jeff Kotner said that he and his team wanted to uh, create both an efficient and a beautiful truck. So the redesigned hood, the bumper, the chassis fairing, all the work with the existing cab structure, uh, you know, goes to help airflow uh, undisturbed around the truck. The grill, the air intakes and the doors were redesigned to be seamless and as clean looking as possible. So it's got active side extenders, similar to what you may know out there as truck wings. It's an aftermarket, pro- uh, aftermarket product but uh, something that uh, Daimler designed internally. They open at highway speeds to reduce the gap between the truck and the trailer, and then they close uh, you know, at lower speeds. So uh, th- this truck also has the integrated mirror uh, camera system from Stoneridge, uh, which allows it, the truck to go without those bulky outside mirrors. Uh, Daimler already pre-wires the current, its current trucks to allow uh, these systems to be added in, in the aftermarket. There's still federal regulations that, that don't allow them to be installed uh, on the production line. So Super Truck 2 features a 48-volt electrical system with lithium-ion batteries. They're popular, but they're probably too expensive to make it into production trucks uh, anytime soon. Uh, the higher wattage, uh, though, uh, from that system does control a new electronic steering system at low and high speeds. And then there's EcoSail or EcoSail, which literally shuts off the engine while the truck is coasting, but allows for uh, steering control. So if the engine isn't running and you're not burning any fuel, that's uh, that's pretty pretty cool stuff. Lots more here to talk about, but uh, just read it on FreightWaves.com. We'll we'll be posting that story a little later today. So now let's get uh, let's get to our guest. Uh, Sam Sam Saad has a 15 year track record of delivering complex projects across a whole bunch of different uh, sectors. This is uh, you know before Gaddick, Sam co-founded the uh, Innovation Factories. Center for Integrated Transportation and Mobility, say that five times quickly. It was a five-year initiative to accelerate the development of commercial autonomous vehicle technologies. Sam started his autonomous trucking journey uh, at the Ontario Centers of Excellence, where he managed a portfolio of $215 million in innovation funding. Uh, Sam spent his early career focused on education, health promotion, and international development, including uh, work at the United Nations. Um, uh, Mike Placentia, our other guest, is managing director of Rioter Ventures, a $50 million corporate uh, venture capital fund of Rider System, whose investments include, get ready, Gaddock. He is also the managing director of New Product Strategy who's, uh, and responsible for coordinating uh, new ideas and creation of new products in the Rider pipeline also develops the business cases for bringing new products to market across riders' uh, key segments. Guys, thank you both for joining me. Welcome to Truck Tech. Thanks, Thanks for having uh, happy to be here. Good. I can take a breath. Is that okay? I feel like I've been yeah. I've been talking too much, and, and people do. Yeah, super take your time. Is, that was a beautiful truck you just walked us through there. What's that again? Really something. That was a beautiful yeah. truck you just walked us through there. Really it something. It really like is. I, I thought really. that as a rap goes, they did a neat job with that one. And and uh, again, it, it, it hides some stuff. It actually has about 50,000 miles on it already. They've they've been uh, running it and doing a lot with it. So they're testing all those systems. And, you know, we'll see what, what actually comes uh, comes into uh, 
uh, what, what comes into production uh, over, over time. But guys, we have a little bit of time. So Sam, right off the talk, I've got to ask you, where did the Gaddock name come from? Sure. So Gaddock was founded by three, uh, I'd say, serial entrepreneurs with deep tech expertise. Um, they all have their roots going back to Carnegie Mellon and a few other programs. Uh, and they're also all of Indian descent. So Gaddock is a Sanskrit word meaning progressive or fast, uh, which is really one of the ways that uh, we look at growing this company and tackling the autonomy sector. Yeah. So, you know, for, for those in the audience that don't know uh, much about what Gaddock's doing, can you uh, can you give us kind of a quick rundown on their progress in, in, in middle mile uh, uh, freight that is, you know, hauling without a driver? Absolutely. So Middle Mile, uh, as a concept itself, is just gaining more and more traction. Back when the company was founded in 2016, it was really more of a hypothesis that we could do the following things. Number one, constrain the autonomy problem to known repeatable routes. Number two, tackle those known repeatable routes along the middle mile, connecting distribution centers, fulfillment centers, and retail locations or consumer-facing pickup locations, and essentially get really good at just driving those particular routes back and forth until we got to the point of nominal safety where we could remove the driver and operate fully driverlessly. So as you alluded to, Indeed, and what we're seeing here was uh, the first time that, at least in North America, a driver was pulled out on regular ongoing commercial operations. So not just the one-off where we pull the driver, do a couple of test runs, and go back to R&D. But what you're looking at here is a 12 hours a day, seven days a week, four to six pickups and drop-offs per day operation where we help Walmart fulfill their e-com orders in one location and then bring that over to a neighborhood market where those customers can then pick up those orders at their convenience. We repeated the same thing uh, with Loblaws recently as well. Uh, So what you're looking at there is footage from August 2021. So it's been quite a while now. And then we pulled the driver on a uh, more complex route with Loblaws up in Toronto in September of 2022. So those are the two that we've announced publicly so far. You know, I've got to say, though, you know, uh, sometimes you you see these kinds of things. You see a driverless truck like that. You see this video. How many looky-loos, I think that's a term you may not be familiar with, how many people slow down, pull out their phones, and start taking pictures of this driverless cab? I mean, it must happen, right? It it definitely does. No, that's the technical term. We definitely track looky-loos within our (laughs) our tech stack. But, um, yeah, you'll see folks, you know, essentially drive by, uh, and because we do use a full redundant sensor suite, we have cameras, LIDARs, radars, um, we're able to track vehicle movements quite accurately and then documented in, in cameras as well as the other sensors. But you'll see the vehicles drive by sometimes and safely. They don't engage in non-safe uh, behavior on road, but they'll slow down. And when they slow down, they now have their phones at the ready, just filming the cab with a look of uh, curiosity on their face and, and wonder. The other cool part, though, is because we do operate on known repeatable routes, a lot of folks become familiar with our trucks. Uh, and because we typically operate on uh, some kind of recurring cadence of pickups and drop-off times within operating windows, uh, again, we just uh, our truck gets familiar with other road users and becomes a staple in a community. And they don't want to look for you, apparently, at this point. Mike, I want to switch to you. Um, Ryder liked what it saw in Gaddock enough that Ryder Ventures invested financially. What, what went into that decision? Yeah, I think it was it was a couple things. I mean, first is is the team, right? I mean, I guess just speaking from Sam here, who's become a dear friend over the past two years, uh, 
the team has just got, uh, you know, a very ethical, thought-out approach to autonomy that resonated with us. Um, the second is, 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 is the area of autonomy they're going after. Um, you know, so there's a lot of other autonomous players doing incredible things on highway uh, for long-haul regionalist runs in our transfer hub model. And, and we saw Gaddick identifying a whole new segment to focus on where they've essentially really uh, pioneered it um, and, and are developing that space of the, the short-haul B2B replenishment. And when you think about that kind of business, it's a different kind of opportunity, whereas a lot of trucking companies might be more in a transactional rate on line hauls. Um, kind of the segment they're operating is more of dedicated runs, which is a little bit aligns a lot closer to, to where a lot of riders' business is. We've got 10,000 trucks and drivers on the road today, and that's primarily through our dedicated fleet, which is we have outsourced private fleets from customers, multiple stops, a little bit shorter of lanes. And so when you kind of look at the kind of commercials they're, 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 they're operating for, it aligns very closely with ours. And so uh, it was very important for us to align ourselves with them and really be very close to uh, this technology that can be disruptive for our customers. And then on the third segment, right, it was even beyond the autonomy. It was really just the segment, right? You know, as, as Sam talked about, this increasing trend uh, for the middle mile and this, this rapid replenishment for customers was a really exciting space for us. You know, e-commerce is a core area for riders, uh, as well as the retail segment. And so it's very important for us to understand, you know, what is this trend? Are, are, do we need to locate things closer to the customer? Do we need to replenish faster? How do you do that with medium-duty trucks instead of, instead of semis on a more weekly basis? And so it almost became an investment that was as much an autonomous investment as well as just a general supply chain investment. Wow. Well, I mean, it does fit a lot of what you do. That is, you know, you're, you're watching, you're seeing what, what a lot of your trucks do. And in terms of, you know, dedicated, uh, you know, short haul routes, in some cases, I'm sure you two have worked together for quite a while now and know each other pretty well. Um, what are some of the what are some of the lessons that, that have come in that, that you've been able to pick up so far uh, since you've been working together? Yeah, so I, I think it's where it starts. I was saying, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah. So I think where it starts is is on the maintenance side. You know, uh, you know, Gaddick is is a technology company and really focused on, on building out technology. Right, self driving vehicles is a very difficult proposition. Where we're coming in is like, how can we be that maintenance partner? How can we be that outsourcing partner that lets you focus on that while we can worry about getting these vehicles uptime? Uh, you know, so I mean, again, we're still kind of in the early stages of the learnings and development there, and so so hopefully there's more to share over the coming months. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, building on that. So, Ryder is just a category leader, and uh, you know, world class across multiple different verticals. Uh, Mike mentioned uh, servicing and maintenance as one of them. Uh, I'd also offer that their go-to-market strategy and their holistic logistics solution and transportation solution, um, helping build that out for different clients, everything from warehousing to on-road transportation, is is world-class and really does set the tone for the industry. So from our perspective, it's actually where do we start working together? There's so many areas of potential overlap uh, when you're working uh, with uh, someone as accomplished as a rider. Um, and we really just had to come up with a bit of a triage plan of, well, let's start on the servicing and maintenance side, uh, and then let's look at potential go-to-market together while doing a lot of intel and information sharing in terms of how the sector is shifting and how we need to stay ahead of it either separately or together. 
Uh, along with that, uh, I just got to give a big shout out to Mike because he's fantastic to work with. He knows how to navigate those external sure. networks uh, as well as uh, navigate Rider exceptionally well. Uh, so he's been uh, a really great kind of comrade at arms uh, as we're doing all of this wonderful work together. Yeah, good stuff. Real quick, um, for both of you, uh, what uh, what challenges near term and maybe longer term uh, remain out there for you to really get this thing rolling the way you'd like to see it? There's no lack of challenges. You know, I'll, I'll tackle this one first, and I'd bore your listeners here if I just went through the laundry list. Um, you know, even though Gaddick's been around for for seven years or so, um, we still. For us, it's, it's actually the biggest challenge is deciding what challenges we're going to tackle next. Um, so now that we've validated the technology multiple times, first with uh, Walmart, then with Loblaws, now that we've validated the use case and uh, being able to tackle uh, the e-com side of the business, as well as increasing the class of vehicles that we're offering now up to class seven and tackling store replenishment as well, then our biggest challenge is scale. How do we go from having dozens and dozens of vehicles on the road to hundreds and then thousands within the next two to five years? And the only way that we figured out to get there is by working with excellent partners like Ryder, like Isuzu, and many others. So, Mike, he's saying awful nice things about you. You realize that, right? I mean, he's being very I do. I do. It's much appreciated. So what are you going to do to fix his challenges? <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's it's working very closely, right? As Sam said, right? You know, it, it's it's how do we work together on the go to market, right? You know, there's a lot of opportunities for shared customers, and and really, it's a how do we be that good partner when you think about Rider and our 10,000 dedicated trucks and drivers and our numerous customers, and 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 where does the Gaddick solution fit in? Have the real world data and real world platform to really test out the, the business model and technology and find those enthusiastic customers that want to be early adopters. I mean, they've, they've done some of the hard work already. I mean, you've described some of the, the fantastic world-class customers they've already proven out the tech for. Um, and so our job is now how do, how do we become evangelists for that message and bring it to our customer base and find those great use cases for it. And that's sure. what we're actively doing. And that's, that's really the genesis for the partnership. Let's continue to push the boundaries. Good stuff. Okay, change of direction. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. I want to talk to Mike about some other autonomous stuff that doesn't directly involve you. And so, you know, feel free to listen in, but I'm going to I'm gonna bring Mike on the screen here. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, other autonomous things. Sam, thank you for very much. Um, we're going to talk about for a moment, and we only have a few minutes here, Mike, but, you know, you've got about four partnerships with Class 8 autonomous startups. And uh, I've talked to Karen Jones, you know, your boss about this in the past. And, uh, you know, her, her point is that, boy, it's good to have an eye into what's going on. Why don't you pick it up there and kind of tell me about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, there's obviously, like as you mentioned, there's numerous players in this space that are all doing excellent things to push boundaries with autonomy and, and bringing in incredible talent, incredible technology, and just, you know, again, just endless innovation. And so, you know, you, you can't just have one alliance here. And so we've established numerous alliances and, and really what they're about is, and you kind of think about what we publicly described with each of them, they're, they're really doing two things. They're, one is helping us provide products and services that enable these autonomous companies to focus on the task at hand, which is commercializing, right? Uh, you know, again, goes back to a discussion around Gaddick, right? It isn't, don't spend time worrying about how to maintain uh, diesel engines. Don't spend time worrying about how to maintain the autonomous hardware. 
when it has issues. Don't spend time operating transfer hubs and doing vehicle inspections. Outsource that. Um, and outsource to a partner who's willing to innovate alongside of you uh, to make sure these products and services are, are, are tailor-made uh, for your needs. Um, at the same time as we're doing that, it also gives us a platform to really learn about the technology, right? So e each of these, these partners we have, uh, not only as we, are we developing these services, it's given us a really on-the-ground view of the technology. What are the timelines? Where is this applicable? And so how are we going to be a customer of this technology in the future? Right. I mean, I think our message has always been autonomy isn't something you can just say, oh, it's here. I want to use it. You've got to be in the game for a bit. You've really got to understand how this is going to affect your network and how it's going to affect your customers. And so by establishing these partnerships very early on, it's allowing us to be part of that, be part of that roadmap and really position ourselves to tap into the capacity for our customers, you know, when it is here. Yeah. So the ecosystem is as Karen talked about it anyway, um, having that with several of them really does help you better understand uh, presumably who might win in the long run. Um, can you elaborate on that at all? Or is that just not something to talk about today? Uh, you know, I, I, I hope there's multiple winners and I think there will be multiple winners, right? I, you know, we, we think, you know, a lot of really smart people have, have dedicated their life uh, to solving this problem and, and delivering this value to the industry. Um, and I think having numerous winners uh, is a good thing, right? It's it's what's going to help continue to drive innovation. Um, and so, you know, again, we, we think there's room for more than one. That's why we've aligned ourselves with more than one. And, and we hope there's more than one at the finish line. We firmly believe there will be. The other side, the, the other side of that coin is that that most people I talk with uh, about this agree, including Karen, that a shakeout is coming in, in the autonomous space. Do you agree with that? And if so, will financial runways uh, be a telling sign of that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's too early to tell. And right, you know, I think it's, you know, what we're seeing is the different AV companies are are continuing to push ahead and develop the technology. They're, they're continuing to see new milestones being hit in the industry. And, and yeah, the capital markets are a bit constrained for some of them, you know, and we, we think they've adjusted their burn rates. Um, and so I, I think we're going to kind of, you know, that, that tail will be written. If you will, Alan, but you know we we don't have the inside view into what, what's going on behind these companies. But what we do see is, um, you know, their continued push uh, to bring this technology to market in the right way, um, and that which is aligned with our values, and, and that's that's really what we're focused on. Yeah. Well, okay. So if 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 it is too soon, and and you're probably right. I mean, we're seeing it maybe a little more in the electrification space yeah. at this point in terms of some that you know haven't been able to make it. But yeah. what should we be watching for? Uh, you know, in terms of uh, the viability uh, picture? Yeah, I, I think it's the partnerships, right? Uh, I mean, I think in, in 22, I think there were a lot, there was a lot of noise on AV and, and think a lot of good noise, right? I think a lot of milestones were hit. Uh, you know, the technology continued to prove itself out. So I think in 23, what's really important is, is these companies now really start to develop that ecosystem of partners and customers um, that are going to help bring this, bring this technology to market. Um, and so I think that's going to be key for, for any one of these companies, right? It's, you can't just do this in isolation. We've got great technology. You've got to have carriers that want to use it, partners that want to help you build the network. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me get you out of here on this one. Um, ESPN, you start talk about the Budweiser hot seat. I don't have one of those. Oh. <laughs> but I want to ask you to uh, on the way out, uh, how deeply do you see Ryder going into the autonomous space? Is this a division or a business unit or something like that that you could uh, – possibly explore or be exploring already? Yeah, no, I, I think right now it is what we see is we see autonomous technology. It's a generational technology, right, that, that can absolutely disrupt 
our existing business, right? And that's why we've been so focused on it. And I think what it's allowed itself to do is a is how do we how do we tap into that disruption and and apply our existing products and services into the space, but at the same time, how do we develop new products and services in that space? You know, for example, transfer hubs don't really exist today, but that that could be a new service offering um, in an autonomous world. And we've been doing some pilots around that that we've discussed around with some of our partnerships already. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, right now it's, it's still, again, it's still early days, but what we are doing is just driving as hard as we can, no pun intended, um, to, to be at the forefront of it. Yeah, good. Well, Mike, it's been great. And, and Sam, both of you guys, Sam, I don't know if you're still out there, but in any case, it was great to have both of you here. Thank you so much for being part of this. Um, I know, I know, Mike. You you are at at at, uh, at Manifest. Uh, I'm at Manifest. Yeah. Sam, I don't think was, um, but I I really appreciate you taking the time out to do the show today. Next week, everyone, we will have um, we'll have Kerry Mendes from uh, Nicola. He's the president of the energy business there. And as some of you may have seen, uh, Nicola has now branded its uh, hydrogen uh, efforts around the name Hyla. So we'll talk to to Kerry uh, about that next week on the show. And for all of the rest of you, thanks so much for joining. And this is available after today. If you aren't with me right now, you can catch this on all your favorite podcasts, um, uh, Apple and Spotify and others. So again, thanks for being here and so long. 